Hi, I'm Kurt Barnes. Thank you for listening to Your Daily Bible. It's my prayer that you would be continually growing in your relationship with Jesus and that this podcast would be one of the many tools that the Holy Spirit is using in your life to bring about transformation. Don't forget to press the subscribe button and remember, you can hear our full-length sermons at scf.tv. Welcome back, friends, to Your Daily Bible Podcast. I'm very excited to be back doing the regularly scheduled podcast today after having neck surgery a couple of weeks ago and having a couple of my discs in my neck replaced. I'm back to feeling somewhat normal again, and so I'm glad to be again with you, and I'm just extremely thankful for all of your prayers and support. Today, we're going to be back in the Gospel of John. I feel bad where we left off. We left off at one of the most exciting points in the story, and so I'm glad to pick up again today by looking at John chapter 20, verse 19 through 31. So Jesus has just risen from the dead. Mary Magdalene has gone to the grave, seen that it was empty, wondered where they took Jesus. She asked the gardener about it. The gardener turned out to be Jesus. Okay, so she runs back to the disciples and tells them everything that she saw. And that's where we pick up in verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. Okay, so Jesus has showed up in a miraculous way. He's risen from the dead and now he's standing amongst his disciples. They've been hiding out, as the text tells us, because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. But now Jesus is back alive and he's standing amongst them. And I want you to notice what he does the very first thing. He shows up verse 20 says he shows them his hands and his side. I think it's interesting that Thomas gets such a bad rap that we know Thomas is doubting Thomas. And the reason that we call him that is we say, well, he didn't believe unless he was able to see Jesus's hands and his side. But look, the very first thing Jesus did for the other disciples was show them his hands and his side. He, he did this to confirm to them that it really was him. Thomas wasn't there at the time. And so Thomas wants this very same thing that the other disciples experienced. He wants to see it for himself. He wants to touch and feel that Jesus really is alive, that he really has come back from the dead. So he says, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were, I will not believe. Verse 26. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here, see my hands, reach your hands and put it into my side. Now stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, 
and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I just want you to notice how loving, how gentle, how kind Jesus is to Thomas, who did have doubts. Jesus didn't come and he didn't ridicule Thomas. He didn't come and lecture Thomas. He didn't come and put Thomas's faith down. He came and showed him. He came and demonstrated to him. He came and put on display who he really was, who he really is, and let Thomas see firsthand. Then he has this statement, the very end. He says, blessed are those who believe without seeing. See, the disciples were in a unique place. They had lived with Jesus for three years. They knew the physical, tangible Jesus. They knew him in the flesh and how wonderful that would have been. However, Jesus says, blessed are those who will believe in him without seeing him. That is you and I. That is everyone that's going to become a follower of Jesus Christ after Jesus ascends to his place in heaven at the right hand of the Father. That's everybody that after Pentecost uh, and the Holy Spirit coming, when the church is first launched in Acts chapter 2, that's going to put their faith, their hope, and their trust in Jesus Christ. That's you and I. We don't get to put our fingers in his hands or our hands in his side. But Jesus says, blessed are those who believe and have not yet seen. But remember, Jesus didn't leave us with nothing. He didn't leave us just with blind faith. He gave us the Holy Spirit who testifies of the truth of all of these things that we're reading. The person of the Holy Spirit living in us so that when we have doubt, when we have areas of unbelief, the Holy Spirit can help us just like Jesus helped Thomas. The Holy Spirit can come and help us and lead us into understanding, into belief. Jesus is not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your unbelief. He's much bigger than your unbelief and he's much realer or more real than your skepticism or than your doubts. He's always been okay with people not understanding because he's so much bigger than that and so loving that he leads us and helps us to understand. Verse 30, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In this little section, two verses, John tells you the reason, the purpose behind writing his gospel. He tells us, I didn't write everything down. He tells us at the end of this thing, if I wrote it all down, it would fill, I imagine the number of books it would take would fill up the whole earth. And the amount of ink it would take would drain the oceans dry. Okay, he tells us Jesus did a lot more stuff than I wrote down. But he told you the stuff that I wrote down was written down that you may understand, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that you may have life in his name. The things that John wrote by the leading, the direction, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit were written to give us the opportunity to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, to see that he truly was the Messiah, the Son of God, and that we might believe in his name, therefore having eternal life. That's the purpose of this gospel. But I love that it's not done here. 
John gives us some very special stories that we're going to look at over the next few days of Jesus while he was here on this earth, after he has risen from the dead, and before he ascends into heaven. Let's pray together today. Jesus, I thank you for this gospel of John. I thank you for the stories contained in it and the life, uh, your life that's contained in it. And I pray today that you help us to really see what it means that you are our Lord and our Messiah, what it means that you are the Son of God. I pray that we would understand your resurrection and your death and that we would live in the power of those things. I pray this all in Jesus' name.